HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Help the people who help Oaxaca. Since 2009, Seconda has been supporting Oaxaca's underserved communities. Almost 5,000 people annually see their lives improved by this Mexican NGO. They've built and stocked six green libraries and four rain harvest hygiene stations, benefiting around 800 children and youth. And they've provided training and business coaching for over 120 female entrepreneurs. And much of that work has been done with the recycler communities that have grown around the garbage dump sites in Zachila. All of that, really, is just the tip of an ever-growing iceberg. They've also supported legislation and implemented localized trainings designed to prevent sexual violence against girls and youth, eliminate child labor, forced labor, and violations of labor rights in Mexico's sugarcane and coffee sectors, and address the causes of gender inequality. And their small staff has done all of this without ever having offices of their own. For the past 13 years, Seconda has been hosted within the premises of a local bakery, a very kind gift from a very good corporation. But Seconda now needs their own home. They've acquired a plot of land and found an architectural firm, Sandspont Architectura, willing to donate their time to develop plans. Now we need to raise the money to make those plans a reality. The cost of these new offices is around $100,000 U.S. They've received a matching grant from 818 Tequila that will cover half of that if we can raise the other $50,000. Seconda has done so much to help so many. We're asking you now to help Seconda. Help them build offices that will enable them to continue their existing work and to expand their programs that make Mexico more just and equitable. Make your fully tax-deductible contributions for Seconda at buildoaxaca.com. That's buildoaxaca.com. And thanks. I'm Lou Bank. And I am Chawa Periwan. 
And I'm Ryan Acock, the Cocktail MD. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed, award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, rural Mexico, and 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 dry bars. And, and your health. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this, uh, we're going to try this, uh, dear road trippers. It's your health. I like that. Yeah. And uh, we don't know what's going to come out of this episode. The policy here is if it works, it's going to stay. If it doesn't, we're going <laughs> to bury it under a bunch of blankets and, and dirt. And I had a, this sort of crazy idea after we've made a bunch of episodes that depress the hell out of me. And uh, and they depress the hell out of you because we've got Ryan Acock, Cocktail MD on, and Ryan always gives you the bad news. That yes. what you're doing is wrong for your health, Java. Uh, that, is, that, is, that is potentially wrong, I think, will be the uh, the. No, 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 no. He always <laughs> talks about moderation and you never do. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. It is not about me. This is about... <laughs> <laughs> Interventions are never about you, Java. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was so we were having this conversation uh, off the air, if you if you wish, talking about the death causes or the actual deaths in in the United States. So uh, I would love to revisit that conversation, Ryan. Just uh, like could, could you explain us a little bit of that? Like, how do people die in the United States? Yeah. So if you were to Type into Google leading causes of death. You're going to be taken to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention website. And it's going to list things like number one, heart disease. Number two is going to be cancer. And then right now, number three is going to be COVID-19. And that's all well and good. But what really causes heart disease and cancer? And so every 15 years or so, the Journal of the American Medical Association publishes an article called Actual Causes of Death where it really looks at what are the risk factors external to your genetics that causes people to die. And number one is smoking. By far, the biggest cause of death here in the United States that's preventable is tobacco use. And then number two right now is going to be diet. And so the, the junk food that we eat here in the United States is going to catch up to us. But number three is alcohol. And you're looking at probably hundreds of thousands of people die every year from alcohol-related disease, whether it be cirrhosis of the liver or liver cancer or pancreatitis comes back to alcohol. Okay, so, you know, uh, I, I I follow a little bit of the whole, uh, uh, I don't even know what the term is, but cars that can drive driverless cars, right? Yeah. Like the, the thing that, so, yeah, I've been, I've been really- <laughs> you're, you're hoping that that becomes more frequent, so that becomes the reason people no, die. No, 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 but a, oh. a huge argument uh, that supports and that creates a lot of euphoria and um, enthusiasm about this is usually the argument is, Car crashes are a significant way in which people die in the world. And if you have cars that are super smart, you are going to have less people dying, being disabled. You're going to have less uh, material damages. And as far as I understand, that's a big argument for throwing millions and millions of dollars into this piece of technology that, to be absolutely honest, I find extremely unexciting. Uh, But when we are talking about you know, the, the the third cause why people die before their time in the United States is because of how they relate to alcohol. So, you know, like when we're starting this, I, I was thinking that I was going to start with, with the notion of dry bars, but actually I will, I, I think that mezcal can save us out of this mess. Once again, mezcal <laughs> is the answer for everything. And so, you know, like we've been discussing a lot of it that it's not, alcohol itself, but it's the amount of alcohol that we drink. And it happens to me rather often that if I'm dry drinking picklebacks, 
I'm not just going to drink a pickle back during the night, right? I'm going to have like a few because that's the relationship that you have with the pickleback. Hang, hang on. When you're saying a pickleback, define your terms. Uh, it's uh, Jack Daniels with uh, another shot of pickle juice. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're talking about both the alcohol and the vinegar. Correct. Or the brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you, you take one, then you take the – I guess that's how you do it in, in your country, right? Anyways, so picklebacks <laughs> – you have no idea. <laughs> anyway, picklebacks are not a drink for moderation. Whereas, you know, like – and this is happening – this has been happening to me lately. Uh, in our last trip, we went to the whole area of Raicilla in Jalisco. And this is an area that I don't have a lot of examples of those uh, spirits in my, in my collection – and we collected some beautiful stuff from Hapo. It's 90 years old man. And every time I open one of his bottles, I, I feel like a true reverence to, to, to this piece of culture and art that I'm about to drink. And it is often the case that I won't drink more than one glass of that spirit because I take a long time smelling it. I take a long time sipping it. It's uh yeah, it's a complete different exa- like experience than what I feel when I'm picklebacking. So, yeah. so what you're referring to is that you have this really nice, expensive bottle and you don't want to waste it by just drinking it to excess and getting drunk and then missing out on the experience of it. Yes, and, and, and that's in the, in the threshold of responsible alcohol consumption for everything you've told I, us. I, you know, I think, Chava, I um, you may be lying to yourself as well as us. So, you know, I, 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 if, if, if I if I recall your words correctly, Ryan, you said basically 10 grams of uh, alcohol. So you're talking about a spoonful. You're not even talking about a copita full. Half ounce. Yeah, yeah, 10 grams a day is the absolute lowest point on that J point of decreasing your risk of death. And, okay. and then you can go a few grams in either direction. But right. So you're talking like half an ounce to an ounce. Uh, announce, announce, announce. Right. Now now my head goes back to Java. This is not the first time you talked about what you picked up at Hoppo's. The first yeah. time you talked about it was in um uh in reference to what you were drinking at that wedding. That was a wedding. That is a different scenario. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can say that, but you know, I think the relevant point here is how do we get I mean this is such a weird topic for us to talk about, but how do we get people to drink fewer spirits if we really do want to encourage healthier living, and, right? Well, and, and a lot of this is actually connected not only to the bodies, but also to the environments that are sustaining the natural resources that are used to making these spirits, right? So more expensive, more like extremely beautiful agave spirits, it seems that they don't only protect your body, for like and your brain, the shrinkage of your brain, uh, but also protect the environments and the people that are making these things. So that's my first option. How how can you still enjoy the culture and the beauty embedded in 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 spirits without damaging your body? And for what you're saying, Ryan, that could be a game changer in the health system of of the of, of America, like the whole continent, but specifically the place where you have data right now at hand, that is the United States, right? That could, yeah. like if people were drinking that way, the United States will look like a very different place, according to what you've been telling us. Right. So if we got people to stop smoking, exercise more, stop eating junk food and drink a whole lot less, we would greatly increase the lifespan here in the United States. And now the question is, well, how do I make that happen? And there are a few ways. You mentioned the expense 
of it. And that's part of the reason we have such high federal taxes on alcohol, both imported as well as alcohol that's made here in the United States, is to try to discourage people from drinking by making it more expensive. And I noticed that when I travel abroad to Central America, how much cheaper the booze is there here in the United States for the same imported bottle of gin or rum or wherever it is. So it's not like it's the transport got cheaper. It's just that whatever government has decided that it should be sold cheaper in Central America versus the United States. So that's one way is you can make it more expensive. But the other thing is you have to give people an experience. And so there are no ABV bars and, and low alcohol cocktails out there. And this gives a people to get a chance for people to get together, enjoy each other's time, enjoy something that's craft made as a beverage or or as a meal, and yet not have so much alcohol in it. And this currently exists in the Middle East. So when I was deployed to Qatar, hmm. we were allowed off base at times, and we would go to restaurants there, and they would have a cocktail, but it's really just a, a mixture of things like yogurt and fruit juices together, oh, that's crazy. which has its own problem from sugar, but <laughs> it, there's no alcohol in there. And so you've got the whole culture is used to, we're not going to drink alcohol because it's banned here, but we are still going to have a way to get together and have a good time. Now, now did you say that, like, uh, like memories are coming back to me. When I was living in the south of France, there was a big Middle Eastern, well, more Moroccan uh, community there. And it was rather common to go, I mean, there was shisha, which is tobacco, which again, comes with its own health problems. But uh, you will go to tea houses to smoke shisha and drink tea with, uh, yeah, just drink tea and smoke shisha and talk with people. And uh, that was... That, that was actually like a really pleasant experience in my memory. So, uh, the, the, but but here again, you've got the you've got the tobacco. It's it's interesting when you think about it. We we tend to get together around vices and vanities. Why is that? What the vices heck is that? And vanities. Yeah, I mean, you look at the old coffee houses and tea houses of Europe hundreds of years ago. I mean, there's still there's still a chemical reason why people are getting together, and that's for the caffeine. But people still want to be able to get together and have a good time with other people. And so you've got to find a way to make that experience happen. And just conversation ain't doing it. <laughs> Apparently well, not. Well, no, because we're boring, Lou. <laughs> we're so boring that we need some external drug in order to make the conversation appealing. Well, you know, like I, it's interesting. Like we're talking about this in the context of health and and longevity of life, and then the 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 question that we're not talking about is quality of life, yeah. and you know, and 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 I don't want to give you the excuse to keep drinking a ton of booze, Java, but you know, I think there is something to be said uh, for. How how much fun and how much pleasure, how much enjoyment do you get from your life? And if you get pleasure, this is sort of the Michael Pollan thing, right? If you get pleasure from these vices, um, is is it <laughs> you're going to die of something? You're going to die of something. Do you want to die of beautifully made uh, agave <laughs> spirits, or you know, or like what do you what do you want to die of? Uh, but how is the most important part for me in this discussion? I don't disagree. You know, this is the conversation I've had with you many times about that last 20 minutes of life. And I'd love to avoid it. I'd love to just be hit by a bus. Um, yeah. Like, I, I just, I, I just really, like, I, it marvels to me that, you know, every time I see this discussion, the context of dry bars or just trying to rephrase how do we come together and have fun uh, as a group of people at night without having to consume stuff that harms our body, 
it's uh it, it's it's such an infantile conversation still today or it's 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 in its infancy in how yeah like i, I think the obvious answer there is dancing like that that is the obvious obvious answer to this which is it's strange you would say that because a lot of people say they won't dance unless they're intoxicated because they don't exactly want <laughs> yeah you know what ryan i've always taken such great issue with that because in order to be in order to dance correctly you need to be in complete control of your motor capacities that oh, is the concept of dancing so that's Did why what? Don't you tell don't you tell a story, Chav, about how you ran into a bunch of I think it was Mormons and you had the best time of your life. No, there was no drinking. That, it was just was sober dancing. Some of the one of the best parties I've ever been to, I, I was by accident invited to a Mormon party. So uh, in Mexico, <laughs> the Mormon communities are rather big and they own these beautiful pieces of property. And uh Long story short, I end up there. Uh, the guy that invited me, like, he invited me by accident and then felt so ashamed to tell me that I couldn't go that he just told me, like, okay, you're going to be here. Just say that you're from Guadalajara or Monterrey. Just say that you come from this church that they, they won't know about it. <laughs> and it was insane because there was no alcohol, no, no Coca-Cola, no caffeine, nothing that would alter your senses. The light was bright, like absolute bright in a basketball like you know court that but the music was so loud and so great and everybody was dancing like they were absolute professionals so the was, solution is just we all become mormons i don't know about that lou you know having a lot of kids scares me <laughs> so all right so lou you, you bring up an important point about certain religious communities do have longer lifespans because of the attachment of what kind of behaviors come with that. So oh, I, I mentioned being in the Middle East, you've got a, a large Muslim mm -hmm. population that forbids alcohol, but there are areas around the world called blue zones. And I don't mm -hmm. know where the name blue came from, but these are populations that live much longer than would be expected in the surrounding areas. An example would be something like Okinawa, Japan. But in the United States, we have Loma Linda, California. And Loma Linda is a Seventh-day Adventist community that forbids alcohol, forbids tobacco, that does not eat meat usually, and exercises regularly. And as a result of those lifestyle changes, people in Loma Linda live longer than people around that area in California. Wow. And so, that, so hmm. yes, there is a way to get people together and to enjoy their time together and yet still make good decisions on... I'm either not going to drink alcohol or I'm going to drink a little bit and I'm not going to smoke and I'm not going to do other dangerous activities that put my life at risk. Man, you know, like I just I just really hate the the, the sound of all of this in so many ways. <laughs> it just it was like it just sounds like a bunch like hi uh, like everybody wants six pack abs, nobody wants to do sit-ups. <laughs> the things that are best for us are the things that we don't want to work toward. No, but I also I also want to have fun. I also want to look back at my life and be sounds like Sounds to I, me like those Mormons were having fun. <laughs> That is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I want this conversation to end right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you chose the topic of this conversation. <laughs> I know. And then, as usual in these episodes, it comes back to haunt me. Like, you know, I choose it, but now I don't know the consequences of my own acts. I guess that's the whole point of this conversation. 
I guess I, <laughs> maybe maybe that's a consequence of drinking when you were 12 and 13 years old so that your frontal lobe never attached to your brain. So the long-term consequences of deciding what the episode should be about, that's just that's just not present to you. Oh, man. You know, you're, you're making a joke of that, but I sometimes do think about what would it have been had I not had that uh, teenage experience of mine. Like yeah, well, you my and brain... your mom. Your mom talks to me all the time about like you could you could have been Ryan Acock if you hadn't screwed up your life. And then look at me now. Ah Jesus Christ. Ryan and uh, like okay I just want to end uh, I want to end this with do you is this a conversation that it's very present in the medical community in how can we like is like, how can we turn biases around to make people uh, to enjoy their lives without hurting their bodies? Is this a conversation you hear a lot in, in the medical context? Yeah, unfortunately, not really, because we did a great job of educating people about smoking and tobacco dangers. And, and really, that was more from fear than anything else. But alcohol has some benefits to it, like the social ability of getting people onto the dance floor and wanting to be around each other. And so there there's more to alcohol than it's dangerous and you got to not drink it. You, there's got to be some kind of alternative or I can, or at least some kind of limit of how much I'm going to drink. And we haven't really come up with a good answer for that. Like we have for smoking. So, and of course well, I can't help you out there, Java. We've, we've done well, a terrible job of marketing the dangers of alcohol and getting people well, but, to do something. But, yeah. I, you know, maybe, Ryan, though, maybe we're just not quite there yet. And the, and the reason I say that is that there's an awful lot of health benefits to food. Yeah. And yet and yet we do have the conversation about, well, maybe not this food and maybe not that food and maybe not a lot of this food and maybe not a lot of that food. Um, you know, and that's something that when 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 you and I were kids, I don't think that conversation was being had nearly as much as it is today. So maybe another 40, 50 years that that will be a realistic conversation. And part of it also is changing of, of research and understanding. So when I was a kid, we had the food pyramid and it was all carbs. And that's that's basically what they told us to eat when I was a child, <laughs> is just, just eat straight carbs. And yep. that turned out to be horribly wrong. And yep. so, yeah, so w there is some education that happens on a population level of nutrition, but also we have to ask, like, is it correct? And unfortunately, a lot of times it was not correct. Yeah, but we get there eventually. We, you know, it's, it's, we're chipping away at the marble until we find David underneath. Okay, all right. I'm happy with that. That can be the conclusion for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we started this episode and answered none of your questions. <laughs> yeah, and like they were answered indirectly, and uh, yeah, I just, I just think this is something that that it's such a big issue and that uh again like we're not going to solve all these problems with this little conversation but i love that at least we're starting to chip some of that marble and we at least get to see a little bit of the hand of david and maybe we'll, later on we'll uncover other parts <laughs> yeah exactly so uh yeah thank you guys a lot hasta pronto thank you both adios adios this has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. 
you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media, so if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.